Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Sometimes pressures can really push us to our limits. Andy had been a star out of secondary school, being recruited by many universities to play football at the Division I level. He was big, strong, and a boisterous fellow, playing on the offensive line at the local university. It was during his sophomore year that I first encountered Andy. He was having headaches, which were getting worse. He had reported to me that his headaches started in high school, but they didn't really bother him all that much, and he chalked it up to being tired, or as he put it, drinking too much and sleeping too little. As much as that was a surprising answer, he didn't have any risk factors from childhood that I would have associated with migraine, and his symptoms seemed almost more like a cluster-type headache than a tension-type one. His examination was normal, although his blood pressure was a bit high, which I attributed to white coat hypertension, or being anxious to be in the doctor's office. We decided together that we tried an abortive rather than a prophylactic approach, since his headaches weren't occurring more than a couple of times a month, albeit increasing in frequency without therapy. We'd follow up and see how that approach would potentially help him. When I saw Andy again in a couple of months, He noted he'd been having about the same frequency of headaches, but now he was also getting some chest tightness as well, particularly when it was hot out during practice. This was, obviously, alarming to me, and I called right away the cardiology service, who scheduled an appointment for Andy that afternoon. While Andy's examination was still normal, I told him he could not go to practice until cleared by cardiology. He was not pleased, noting that it wasn't a good thing to miss practice during the season. There's always someone who's willing to take your place, he said with some distaste. I don't plan on getting replaced. I told him to take it up with the cardiologist, but that for his own sake, he should wait until their evaluation was performed. Grudgingly, he agreed and walked out of the clinic in disgust. The cardiology fellow called me later on that afternoon with the news that they'd expedited Andy's workup, no doubt due to his status on the football team. His workup, which included echocardiograms, EKGs, laboratory tests, etc., had all come back normal. I asked if they had cleared him for practice, to which they noted that they had. They did want to see him back in follow-up, though, and did know that his blood pressure was elevated. They arranged for blood pressure monitoring over the next week over at the Student Health Center near the training facility for ambulatory assessment. I was more comfortable with this since he'd be followed up for everything that we'd been seeing. Andy came back to see me a couple of weeks later, complaining that his headaches were getting worse. He told me that the cardiologist had started him on blood pressure medications since they found out that during the ambulatory assessment, his numbers were still high. Indeed, his blood pressure was elevated when in clinic. I asked whether his headaches were associated with the new medications to which he denied. We considered whether we should start prophylactic medications, the types of medications I was considering could have sedative side effects. His reply was, then no way, doc. I have to be sharp. I'll just deal with it. So we switched his abortive medications and planned to see him again in a month. What about the chest pain, I asked. He denied more chest pain and noted he'd been seeing cardiology in a couple of weeks anyway. I admit again, I was very relieved that he was seeing cardiology. Young men should not be getting chest pain, although he was young enough to be very sick if something was going on. Andy didn't come back to see me until the end of the season. When I saw him, he was anxious and seemed to be almost but not quite paranoid. 
I asked him what seemed to be the issue, and he said that he was dealing with a lot of things right now. He was tremulous. His blood pressure was elevated, and his heart was racing. He noted that during the day, he had an episode of chest pain. I told him that this wasn't normal and that we needed to have him evaluated more emergently. He didn't object, and I called both the emergency department and the cardiology service to meet the transport in the emergency room. The cardiology fellow told me he'd let me know what was going on. Several hours later, the call came about Andy. He'd ruled out, as they say, for an acute heart attack, which was a relief, but had gotten admitted into the cardiac care unit, or CCU. His blood pressure was still elevated, but had started to come down. His semi-paranoid state had diminished with sedation. But what the fellow wanted to tell me was that they felt that they had a diagnosis which could account for all of his symptoms, including the headaches. The year attending got a urine tox screen, said the fellow. He's got a boatload of cocaine metabolites, and by the look of it, he may be withdrawing. All I could think of was this combination of heart findings in a young person that should have set off alarm bells of drugs of abuse in my mind. I was more concerned with a congenital heart problem more than anything else, but what I should have included in my differential diagnosis was drugs to increase performance. So is the addiction service consulted, I asked, somewhat chagrined. Yeah, they'll be able to take care of the confidentiality stuff. They're the experts, said the fellow. Yes, the ramifications of this would potentially be a big deal. But as well, this was a matter of medical confidentiality. But Andy needed multiple levels of care, from ensuring his heart was going to be okay, to hopefully having his headaches become a non-issue, and to ensure that his addiction was treated. It was more important that his health was taken care of at this point. I saw Andy in the CCU the next day, and he started to apologize that he hadn't told me about the drug abuse. I stopped him and noted that I should have asked. But the most important thing that he would, and I was confident that he could do, was be treated. He just nodded, didn't say anything more. I know he took some time off after he got out of the hospital, and he didn't come back to see me. I'm not sure he went back to the university either. What pressures we put on 20-something-year-olds, or what pressures do they put on themselves to perform? But I always remember this case when a young person comes in with headaches and heart symptoms, and... I wonder what kind of pressures they must be under. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.